Okay, we're recording live in five, four, three, two. Welcome back! This is our ninth episode, tenth installment of Pardon the Punctuation. I'm glad you got that right. I forgot to remind you. <laughs> I'm Aaron. I'm Ed. And, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is ten. We made it. We did. Made it to ten. To a uh, decade. Um, in years, yes. Well, it's close. I don't know that it's called that in podcasts. I don't think it is. For some, that's more than a season that's a good point because so, some people only do one episode a month we're doing all right people keep coming back yeah 50 so yeah the last one at least that's what last time i checked yesterday so been a been a good week yeah absolutely so uh what'd you do this weekend ed man i didn't Anything do much fun? um the wife got a cricket machine nice so um i think i posted that on facebook live yeah i made it i made a tumbler uh, yeah. And then last night I made a um, pardon the punctuation sticker for um, the back of window of my truck. Nice. So hopefully I'll be able to make some more of those and we can give them away. All right. So promotion. we're going to start having some swag. Get some swag out here. So how was your looking weekend? Out, I was going to say, just be looking out for some competitions on Twitter, Facebook, what have you, uh, for some free potential swag giveaways, shirts, stickers, whatever, koozies? We can, whatever we can come up with, really. I didn't even think about koozies. Sky's the limit. Man, koozies would be awesome. Yes. Yes. Um, so what were you saying? I said, how was your weekend, sir? Oh, mine? Yeah. I'm glad you asked. Oh, good. I was on a boat. I'm on, uh, you should, oh man, <laughs> I'm on a boat. Uh, I, got, I had my swim trunks and my flippy, flippy floppies. floppies. Good, 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 good. I had both. Um, yeah, I went wakeboarding, which is extremely difficult. I don't know if you've ever done it before, but yeah, not easy. I don't have the body of a wakeboarder. Uh, neither do I. Oh, okay. So, um, just pulling myself up was super hard. Um, I went tubing, uh, lots of boating. Uh, we were at Norris Lake for uh, Stephen Smith's uh, bachelor party. It's a nice so lake. It was a very nice it's lake. A very nice. Lots lake. of fun. I see it on so, um, uh, HGTV all the time. Oh, Norris Lake. Yeah. You've never been? No. You should make the effort. It was really cool. I'm not I think you can sh- rent boats and stuff while you're down there too. We so. actually looked at it this year for a family trip, but instead we decided to go to Harrisburg, PA. I don't know what. Is good in that entire state. Well, um, the Hershey's factory. All right. Yep. We do have a special guest this week to help us talk all things FCC. So we have Max Ellerby, member of the Pride 
which is one of the FC Cincinnati support groups down at the uh, at the game, sitting in the Bailey. So, uh, welcome to the show, Max. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I mean, it's an exciting time to be part of this whole FC Cincinnati movement. Um, best start in history. Everything going on with MLS, uh, players of the week. Like, I mean, we've had all sorts of different accolades already uh, this early in the season. Winning uh, the the U.S. Cup games, um, the stadium stuff. What are you excited about right now? Uh, kid in the candy store, to be honest with you. I mean, to be a soccer fan in Cincinnati right now is, um, you know, a dream come true. Uh, you know, I carry around with me that uh, that standard Cincinnati doubt that this is all going to implode one day. Uh, so I'm trying to take it day by day and just enjoy what we have. But I, I, I can't even believe um, we're here. You know, we're in the MLS conversation. We're in first place. You know, we're not supposed to be part of any of these conversations. Cincinnati's not supposed to be on the precipice of getting an MLS bid. Yet here we are, the little city that could, um, making all kinds of headlines and, uh, you know, ripples and the consequences of world soccer. Um, and I couldn't be more proud as a lifelong Cincinnatian that this is going on in my town. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you know, obviously we had the win this past Saturday. We won the U.S. Cup game last week, um, and we're not we're not winning by small margins. These are a ton of goals scored. We're leading the entire USL in goals, if I'm not mistaken, at 20 um, in 20 games, which or I'm sorry, uh, 10 matches. Um, but yeah, I mean this this is kind of crazy. It's unprecedented for sure, as far as uh, just the goals that are coming in. Yeah, I think this is, uh, you know, it, it's a purposeful um, game plan uh, from the top of the front office all the way down. You know, Jeff Birding wants to have us play an attractive attacking style of soccer. Um, Alan Koch, our uh, South African coach, is um, on board with that goal. It's good to know that his name is pronounced that, Koch, by the way, as yeah. we struggled not knowing <laughs> yeah. if it was pronounced Koch or what Coke or... Yeah, we were we were struggling with that one, but go on. Yeah, it's it's Alan Koch. We uh, we were a little puzzled with that one for a while, but uh, he, he set us straight. So, yeah, it's uh, they they like an attacking style of soccer. It's it's uh, more entertaining. Um, you know, you'll have some really great nights like we had against uh, North Carolina FC and against uh, you know those who shall not be named from Detroit, uh, beating them four <laughs> one each. Um, but uh, then you'll have some bad nights, uh, like uh, uh, against Charlotte Independence, who, you know, when we played them, were not in the greatest uh, position on the table, but they absolutely have some players that can hurt you, and, uh, you know, we were exposed at the back um, several times, but that's because we were, uh, you know, trying to attack for the entire game. Uh, so sometimes you'll win 4-1, sometimes you'll lose 4-1, but, um, you know, we're never going to have a, a boring game with this uh with this lineup and this uh, attacking mentality that we have. Well, I was going to say, speaking of some of the, the big names that we are recognizing, I mean, Nazmi Al-Badawi, Al-Badawi, I'm hoping I'm saying it close to right, <laughs> um, had a big game against his former team, um, his first time playing against them. Um, Manuel Ledesma, named Player of the Week. Um, Corbin Bones been tearing it up. I mean, all these guys, like, which one's your favorite at this point? 
Oh, that is a tough question. Um, again, spoiled for choice. I mean, you know, Nazmi and as he said, his would make his father proud, Al Badawi, which we assumed was how pronounced his name. And then he went on the FC Cincinnati's official pronunciation guide and said that his name was Al Badawi. So I don't even think the guy knows how to pronounce his own name. That's fair. So I think anyone can be forgiven. <laughs> Uh, for butchering that one, but <laughs> no, Nazmi Al Badawi or Al Badwi or what's his name, aka Number Five. I mean, can is, we just do it like uh, GB and just call him Nazmi? We could, yeah, just call him Naz and that and call it a day. That's even that's um, even better. Right? Yeah, Naz is pure class. Um, I, from what I understand, we sniped the guy from uh, Chicago Fire. Uh, he was destined for an MLS club, and I, I would assume if we make the jump, we're taking the guy with us. Sure. Um, so, he, you know, I, I think I think the guy just exudes class, but, I mean, you can't ignore Emmanuel Ledesma and, you know, that sweet left foot that he has. He lacks a little bit of pace, but the guy's football IQ is through the roof. Um, you know, like you said, Corbin Bone, the guy's absolutely solid for us. Um, he's been with us for, for quite a while. Three years now, um, I think. But, you know. Yeah, he's he's uh he's one of our original guys. He's he's uh he's been an absolute monster for us. Another guy that I absolutely love, uh Kenny Walker from the beginning. You know, he he took a little bit of time settling in with us. You know, he came from uh he was previously with um LA Galaxy and I think, you know, maybe taking that step down was was um tough to wrap his head around for a while and it seemed to, you know, affect him gelling with the team and, and making sense of where he was, but he has become an absolute monster in the midfield for us. Um, his dual percentages are through the roof. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you saw uh, that midfield goal that he, that he scored. Yep. Um, even better than, than uh, Zlatan Ibrahimov- Ibrahimovic's goal from earlier in the year. No, Zlatan um, would never you know, admit that, but. That's right. <laughs> Zlatan doesn't score goals. Goals scored Zlatan. Um <laughs> But no, we we just we just have a, a ton of monsters on the team. I don't know if I could pick a favorite. I guess just to answer your question, if I had to pick a favorite, I'd go with my boy Kenny Walker. Okay, um, he's been with us from the beginning. He's solid as hell. Um, you know, I'm I'm not sure that he has the same uh, level of classes as Nas or, or Ledesma, but um, I'm I'm going with Kenny as, as my main man. Now, as far as this, I mean, you kind of alluded to the MLS and. Uh... Um, there was a big announcement this week, if you can call it a, an announcement. I guess it's a, a, an announcement to an announcement. And Bill Cunningham's all over the radio talking about how we're supposed to hear something, according to Jeff Birding, by Memorial Day in regards to the MLS bid. What are your thoughts on where yeah, this is but, all going at this point? We, again, um, you know, we're not supposed to be in this conversation. So. Right. We've brute forced ourselves into the picture with butts and seats and setting the world on fire with what's going on in Cincinnati. Um, you know, we were named as one of the final four. Um, Nashville was let in inexplicably. Um, I mean, they're a hip city, but also screw them. Uh, but <laughs> we are, we have, um, we've checked every box. Um, We've done it the Cincinnati way, made it more complicated and long and drawn out, drawn out than it needed to be. We've got right. the ownership group. We've got the fan base. We have a stadium plan now. Um, I'm thinking all boxes are checked, 
and um, MLS is going to want to collect that uh, entrance fee, so or that franchise fee of 150 million. So, yeah, there's a lot of rumors swirling around, and yeah, there's there's a lot of rumors swirling around, and and I I think that um, you know we we've been around, we've been we've 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 heard this before, where you know mark your calendars for December, mark your calendars for January. No wait, now it's uh, February, now it's March, now it's April. Um, I think this time there's something different about it. It's, it's coming from a lot more directions. Mm-hmm. And my sense is that we could take this, uh, this one a little more seriously. Well, and there's I, been I, some, I think this works out. There's, there's been so much activity with the stadium, um, especially this past week, uh, week and a half or so with the agreement with the actual West end community and their council. Um, what? How did you feel about the way some of those negotiations went down? Um, you know, in the last week and a half or so, and then even kind of before that, um, how do you feel about the actual location of the West End versus some of the other locations of Oakley and Northern Kentucky that were on the table? Well, guys, how much time you got? <laughs> I um, just kind of you know, some I, brief I, thoughts. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think you, uh, you may or may not know, I, I, um, one of the founders and leaders of a group called Build It Here, um, where our goal was to make sure that uh, Cincinnati was able to land uh, the stadium deal, um, not have it go you know, across the river to Newport. Nothing against Newport, but the way I see it, this is a, you know, a two to four hundred million dollar um, investment in a city and uh, all other things being equal. I'd like that to be in my city. Um, as far as locations in and of themselves, um, you know, I might be in the minority here, but I, I think Oakley would have been fine. Um, there's a lot of the fan base is coming from suburban areas. It would have been centrally located. If you look at the kind of heat map of where people in the greater Cincinnati area live, when you're talking about the Eastern suburbs, West, North, even in the Kentucky, you have Oakley actually being a pretty central location. Um, the land was there, single owner, um, and checked all the boxes outside of the fact that, you know, MLS prefers things to be in the urban core. One could make, the argument that Oakley is in some interpretation of an urban core, but of course, nothing close to West End. So then we come to the West End and we say, okay, what are the advantages? It's super close to downtown. I mean, it's nearly in it. Um, Next door to over the Rhine where you've seen millions in investment and lots of, you know, bars and shops and really the heartbeat of the revitalization of downtown has really gone on in OTR. Right. Um, you could say that could be bad in some ways where you have displacement and gentrification and you're dropping a soccer stadium right in the middle of uh, a distressed, um, mostly African-American neighborhood. Which from everything that I read is the main concern. Right. I mean, I I could go go on and on and approach that argument from uh, a lot of angles myself being an African-American living in Cincinnati, but I, I would say that um, the short version of why I think it's a good thing is investing in a neighborhood is not in and of itself a bad thing. And working with the community council, making sure there's a, uh, a community benefits or a CBA uh, on uh, file, enforceable, signed by community council or sorry, city council means that you know, there's some accountability, and I would say to an unprecedented level where you don't see with the Bengals or the Reds, 
you see a lot of private money coming into this neighborhood and some accountability and community buy-in and input and say in how this project's going to be done and who benefits from it. I mean, CPS, Cincinnati Public Schools, they're going to get a fat check out of this and a brand-new stadium. Right. You know, they're going to move Stargill basically across the street. That's going to be important not just for Taft High School, but for several of the surrounding area high schools. And CPS, I think at least six programs use that stadium, and I heard that there's going to be more. So for me, the benefits far outweigh the negatives in that stadium location. And furthermore, the plan, if without a stadium, was going to be uh, City Rama. So it's going to be something like thirty to fifty, anywhere from three to five hundred thousand dollar homes. You want to talk about gentrification and displacement? Those homes going in there was absolutely going to kickstart that. Um, now with Carl Linder the third and the FCC ownership group and all of the work and input that they had to give to the community to allow them to build a stadium there. They're going to be gatekeepers. They're going to say anyone who comes into this neighborhood is going to have to follow by these rules and make sure that they benefit the community when they come in too. So, you know, we didn't have to go, you know, we didn't go through all this for just anybody to walk in here and do what they want. So I think Carl Linder and the ownership group are going to be great stewards of the community. I mean, there's no one that has given more of their wealth away than Carl. Um, some of the protest meetings that went on in West End were at the Carl H. Lindner YMCA. So, I mean, just to kind of the back up your own point there, yeah, right. The guy's philanthropy is all over the name of the neighborhood. So, all in all, I think the best decision was made by putting it there. But you know, you're never going to make everyone happy, and at this point, it's it, it's on FCC to follow through with their promises. I mean, it really just kind of sounds uh, damn near close to a win-win for both sides. At the end of the day, when you kind of weigh the pros and cons, um, so yeah, I don't know win, if they win, done win, anything much better. I mean, CPS. Right. So speaking of win-win, there are two games upcoming. Uh, you have the U.S. Cup game tomorrow against Pittsburgh Riverhounds um, at Pittsburgh at 7. And you also have on Saturday at 7.30 back home against Louisville where they're playing for first place, essentially, um, where we're up right now in first place, 20 points to their 19 points. Um, which game are you more excited about? Uh, excited. I try not to let myself get excited, but if I may, <laughs> I would lean more toward Louisville because I think that's, you know, it's, as they say in English football, that's a true six pointer right there. I mean, like you said, it's a battle for first place. They've got a game in hand right now. They're sitting on 19 points. If they win, they go to 22 points and they're sitting on 10 games played and they're two points ahead of us. Um, if we win, um, we go to 23 points. They're sitting at 19. Even if they win their next game after that, they're still behind us. Um, or sorry, we go to 23 points. They stay at 19. Even if they win their game, um, their next game, they're, they're a point behind us. So I, I think this is a must win. Obviously um, they came home and they, they, they came to our home uh, on our home opener and stole three points from us. I was going to um, say it's I a, intend. We owe them one. Yeah. I, I intend to get those points back. And, um, you know, it's, it's always great beating your rival at home, especially when first place is up for grabs. Now, as far as Pittsburgh goes, I'm, I'm honestly not looking forward to that game. Pittsburgh's a dangerous team. Um, we're traveling up there. Last time we played him, it was a draw, and it was probably the right result. If, nothing else, if anything else, we probably could have lost that game. 
Um, you know, our, our eyes are probably going to be looking forward to um, Louisville in the league. Um, but the other part about this Pittsburgh game is the Open Cup is, is you know, among all the other things that put us on the map, this U.S. Open Cup is, is in my opinion, what booked our ticket to what's probably going to end up in, in MLS bid. I mean, last year's Cinderella run Went was, to the you know, right? yeah, it was the story in world football, at least for a while. I mean, we had this, you know, small team from a, mid, a medium to small town taking out two MLS teams. We would have had the fire um, beaten at home had, you know, Bradley Wright Phillips not come and spoil our party. But, you know, <laughs> as they say, class, class th- shows through. But, you know, we, we hopefully will win this game against Pittsburgh. That'd be great. Um, I also don't like the fact that we have a midweek game right before Louisville comes to town. But, you know, in soccer, that's what happens. And that's one good thing about having as deep of a squad we do is, you know, we've got almost two full, uh, you know, USL Cup quality teams sitting on our bench. So, um, you know, I, I think we absolutely can win both of these games. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm not looking forward to Pittsburgh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to Louisville. Well, I got to say, you know, we uh, we definitely wish uh, the team good luck. We wish you and the rest of the Bailey good luck, uh, the rest of your group, the Pride. Um, anything else you want to shout out while we got you on the phone here? No, I just uh, appreciate you having me on, and, um, you know, I, I, I hope that uh, here in the next week or two or whenever that we'll get uh, some good news regarding this MLS bid. Um, I hope we beat the Pittsburgh Riverhounds and hope we can uh, – you know, host an MLS team in the U.S. Open Cup at some point. And um, obviously, uh, we need to beat Louisville City. Um, this is probably going to be the last year we see these nerds. So they can show up in their <laughs> stupid outfits and uh, and uh, watch their boys get uh, destroyed on uh, Cincinnati territory. Excellent. Well, we thank you again, Max Ellerby, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, feel free to come back anytime, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. You got it. Amir Garrett staring down by us. Take a look at this. There's some jawing going on here. Baez took the huge swing on the fastball, and I don't know if there was something said then. But now all of a sudden things are starting to get a little hairy in that scrum down there. Nothing like a good old-fashioned scrum against these Cubs. There ain't nothing like it. So... This was about the most exciting thing of the entire weekend against the Cubs. Um, I don't know if you watched any of the games or not. I was I wa- out of town, but... I did not get to watch any. No, a lot of stuff with kids. So, basically, since our last podcast, the Reds have been uh, all games against the Cubs, one and three, and uh, they still sit 13 games back. Um, right now, they're trending 54 wins. Uh I don't know. I mean, outside of the Amir Garrett stare down after the strikeout, I don't know what your thoughts were on that, but clearly there's some bad blood between Garrett and Baez. Apparently it has something to do with a grand slam that was hit last year off of Amir Garrett by Baez. Yeah, I saw that. And, and Amir Garrett pretty much said after the game, like, if you're going to dish it, you better be able to take it. Correct. So, I mean, I loved it. I mean, It's good to see this young team still have some fire. They're, somebody they're needs to show some clearly fire. Clearly prideful. Um, and Amir Garrett is definitely prideful right now, boasting a sub-2 ERA. I think he's like 1.5 or something crazy good. 
Um, but no, I mean, it's it's really good to see this. Um, Billy did have a walk-off walk. A walk-off walk? A walk-off walk. A walk-a-walk-a. Nope, not that. Nope, okay. Um, and the, that was the uh, the win in the doubleheader uh, in the 11th before game two of the doubleheader that day on Saturday. Yeah, the game two was not so good. No, I mean, most of them weren't. Um, the starting pitching's been really bad. Uh, which is why this week's news that Disclafani could be back um, as early as one or more, one or two more rehab starts. Um, right now, just to kind of give you a rundown on some of the starters that we have this season on and what their stats are right now, it's terrible, man. Um, Brandon Finnegan had a 7.4 ERA with the Reds before we sent him down to AAA. Um, Homer Bailey, 6.11. Gotta love that contract. We miss you, Johnny Cueto. Uh, Sal Romano. 5.62 ERA. He's still very young. I think this is only his second season. Same with Luis Castillo. 5.61 ERA. They're pretty much neck and neck right there. Um, Tyler Malley is the only one under 5 at a 4.53. You also have Matt Harvey, who did pitch tonight. Currently, we're up 6-1 to one after Scooter Jeanette's uh, Grand Slam. The Dark um, Knight. He, before this game, had a 3.38 ERA with the Reds. With a 1.0 whip, which, for those of you who don't know, that's walks and hits per inning pitched. I did not um, know that. Thank you for the education, sir. He's gone eight innings so far, seven strikeouts, no walks. Um, they got three right now against the the Pirates at home. So far, 6-1 to one in, what, the, the sixth inning? Looking good. Um, Pittsburgh, before today, was 26-20. and 20. They're in fourth place. Like I said earlier, we're in fifth, 13 games back. Um, at, you know, our boasting... I hate our record at 16 and 32. It disgusts me to look at, but um, I don't know. After after the Pirates, we have nine away games against three against Colorado, three against Arizona, three against San Diego. Um, between those teams, 26 and 22 Colorado, 25 and 22 Arizona, 20 and 29 San Diego. This team can get better. Like no, they can. They haven't given up. Clearly, no, they have not. Um, I thought earlier this year for sure they had given and up. And I think they did until they fired Brian Price. You got a very good point there. Riggleman at least has them fire. playing. Like, I mean, granted, we lost three games to the Cubs. The Cubs are supposed to beat the snot out of us right now. Like, that's a thing. But I don't like the Cubs. <laughs> I, I Your don't. dude is Rizzo. My dude is Baez. That's fine. I'd knock him out. I can't knock any of them out. But I if I could, freeze him. I would want <laughs> I would want my guy to be Rizzo, that guy. Hey, quick fun fact. Go on. Uh, Did you know that Matt Harvey played for the Midland Indians? I don't know who they are. Well, shout out to the Midland Indians. But basically, they're... um, Somewhere in Ohio? Yeah, they're actually right behind my office. Oh. Um, But they um, help develop young players before they go into... uh, the major leagues. Oh, is there somebody else that went It's like there? summer ball when they go like from college. Okay. They come into summer ball here. Anybody else play there? Worth noting? Oh, yeah, a lot of people. King Griffey Jr., Barry okay. Larkin. Um, I've heard of them. John Lamb. Scooter uh, Jeanette. Uh, yep. Um, uh, Andrew Benatari. Not Kyle Schwarber. I don't think Kyle Schwarber played He was there. out of Millstown. That'd be kind of a haul to come all the way down here. but yeah, a, a lot of guys. King Griffey Jr., very cool. So, the Dark Knight cometh home. Ron Oster. Oh, Ronnie Oster. Chris Welsh. Wait, that guy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I just 
I hope they can continue to start moving or continue moving in the right direction. Um, after this series with the Cubs, that wasn't so great, but I'll take six to one on another Matt Harvey start. Like these Matt Harvey starts are looking good. They're looking real good. I'm about to get some chicken wings and watch the Bengals play. I'm about to get a couple drinks and watch the Bengals game. You know what started today? What was that? You know what started today? OTAs. OTAs. That's what I'm talking about. By the way, I did want to give a shout out real quick to Yates, bruh. Um, that was his song. We did have his permission to go ahead and throw that song out here. So uh, you will see some more shout outs going on with uh, Yates, bruh. Check him out on YouTube. Just ser- uh, search Yates, bruh. Also on iTunes under Yates, bruh. He's on iTunes. Yeah. B R U H. I might have to download the song. Listen I don't know that truck. this song's on oh, all right anywhere, then. but uh, maybe on SoundCloud. Um, so OTA started. The only absent, notable absence was Carlos Dunlap, as he is apparently thinking about holding out. Well, everybody and- knows the Bengals' top two priorities right now. Outside of Carlos Dunlap, you also have right next to him on the line, Geno Atkins. Yeah. Top two priorities. Their contracts both run next year. Both of them want to get paid. Can't blame either of them because they have been probably our top producers over the last five, six years. That's a great point. But, I mean, he'll show up. I mean, you know, they always do, right? Okay. Unless he doesn't. Uh, unless he doesn't. But I just I have this gut feeling he's going to show up. Well, the good news, as far as signings go, of the 11 draft picks... Um, only Sam Hubbard, the defensive end out of Ohio State, and Malik Jefferson, the linebacker that we took in the same round as Sam Hubbard, are the only two picks that remain unsigned. So we have nine of the eleven. Um, I miss I miss uh, Hard Knocks when we used to watch all this kind of stuff happen. You saw who is going to be on Hard Knocks. I heard my boy Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Browns. Good for them. This should be fun. Good for them. But I I remember like. Uh, Hard Knocks was there when Andre Johnson signed, right? And they kept showing... And the Texans? Like, with the Texans? Uh, sorry, not Andre Johnson. Um, Andre Smith. Okay, yes. And they kept showing Katie Blackburn mm-hmm. um, trying to work the deal. Yeah. I missed that behind-the-scenes stuff. That's good stuff. Sorry, off topic. All right. Um, it's still the Browns. Yeah, it's true. Um, some other news uh, coming out of OTAs. Uh, Cedric Obwehi, they had him playing on the left side of the line, the right side of the line, both at tackle. And uh, side. Pollock says uh, that he's going to see some guard at some point. Uh, All right. It was the first time that you really had the veterans and the rookies playing together, which was good. Um, Jake Fisher was out. Um, they're saying he should be back by training camp. Um, and so Bobby Hart was in getting Jake Fisher's starting snaps um, at right tackle. Um, the backup quarterback Matt Barkley said that the offense was playing with urgency. I mean, it's a new offense essentially with the new playbook of Bill Lazor, um, and it's a new defense with a new defensive coordinator. This is true. So this is encouraging. That I'd like to think that our defense is the best part of our team as far as offense versus defense. Well, and it has been for like the last two years. Mm-hmm. So, so if they were making the, I mean, if the defense was making the offense look like they were playing with urgency, uh, playing with a quicker tempo, that's nothing but a good thing. 
It ain't nothing but a good thing, baby. Especially if they weren't trying to do that, though. You know what I mean? All right. But it's I I wasn't so excited coming to this season, but mm-hmm. now that I'm seeing all these pieces fall into place, it's hard not to get excited. Well, the biggest piece falling into place, uh, at least according to today, is John Ross. John Ross yeah. looked good throughout camp uh, today. He had a deep catch. Um, he connected several times over the middle, and he's crediting none other than TJ, who's your mama, as his mentor. I missed that guy too. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm really excited to see what this kid has. You don't draft a guy in the first round unless you believe in him, and they're clearly not ready to give up on this guy yet, no. nor am I. No, no, no. Um, I don't know. It's almost like he's a rookie all over again because of how little he played last year. It's basically like another draft pick, you know what I mean? It, It's like he uh, sat out a red shirt year. Kind of. I mean, the the one pass that he what, dropped, fumbled. Right. Like, ugh. I don't know. Um, some other noteworthy things, though. Um, Tyler Croft and rookie Alden Tate, the wide receiver from, I believe, Florida State, uh, were both on the sidelines rehabbing. And Ben McAdoo showed up, which... He is the former New York football Giants head coach just last year. Um, he has hockey hair and a creepy <laughs> mustache. Um, I don't know what else to say about that dude other than the hell are you doing at our practice? I don't know. Maybe he knows it's Marvin's last year. Well, apparently he is friends with uh, the quarterback's coach that we got from Green Bay, whose okay. name eludes me at this very moment. No, I couldn't tell you. Well, you have a computer. But. Oh, I could tell you that. Um, while he's looking that up, though, um, their owners meetings were today, which this is the second round of owners meetings they've had this offseason. And Paul Brown, again, did not attend. Or, well, Paul Brown did not attend because he's dead. But Mike Brown did not attend as apparently he's still nursing his surgically repaired hip. And he... This is why we need a general manager. This is why Katie and Troy Blackburn went in his stead and have okay, been right. being groomed to take over for quite some time now. So this is the second time they've gone to the uh, meetings here. It's um, uh, Alex Van Pelt. There it is. That's his friend. Hey, friends. So uh, there's been some rule changes today. I don't know if you're aware of these or not for the upcoming season. I heard a little bit. A little bit. Okay. So... The biggest change today is there are going to be new kickoffs, which are going to be much more like punts at this point. Um, which so we're changing kickoff again. Correct. Okay. All right. Um, it wasn't enough as far as protecting the player in their estimation before uh, today. So um, as the <laughs> you just shaking it, people can't hear you shake your head. I, I'm, I'm calling it right now. All right. It, by, what are we in, 2018? Yeah. Okay. By 2021, it's just going to be two guys sprinting out of the end zone to the 50-yard line. First one get the ball. Gets they already the did that. That was called the XFL. Right, and that's what's going to happen here. So here's some of the things that happen with the new rule. Uh, players on the kicking team cannot line up more than one yard from the point of the kickoff. The current rule allows players to line up five yards from the restraining line, allowing them to have more of a running start before the kick. Second thing, the wedge block has been eliminated. Hmm. Only players who line up in the setup zone between their own 40 and opponent's 45 can put together double-team blocks. Third rule, 
Until the ball is touched or hits the ground, no player on the receiving team may cross the restraining line, typically it's 45, or initiate a block. The force blockers on the receiving team can run and block, which greatly decreases the chance of an attack block that can result in a high-speed collision. So a dude can't get lit up as soon as he catches the ball anymore? That's correct. What? Um, Not until the ball is touched or hits the ground. No one on the receiving team can cross that line. That's one of the best things about kickoffs. And when the ball hits the end zone, it's immediately ruled a touchback. There's no need for a player to down the ball in the end zone. That's uh, that's the new rule changes. Uh, also, like the uh, there was another one that... Um, the use of the helmet rule that some of our players have been concerned about. Oh, we call this the Steelers rule. So, any disqualification of a player is now going to be reviewable this season. So, a referee can't just make a call on the field, disqualify somebody. New York has to make a call? Huh? New York has to make the call? I don't know who makes that call as far as the review goes, or if that's going to be like where they go under the hood and can review and make that decision there on the field. Um, Regardless... We'll find out more in the next coming days how these rules are going to apply and affect our teams. I'm terrified for what it means for Vontez Perfect. Um, well, we don't have to worry about it for the first three games. Four. So. Four. So. That number just keeps getting larger. Uh, yeah. It seems like. Well, that's because he keeps getting in trouble. P.S. Amir Garrett's on the mound right now. Well, let's see him do something. Let's but. see if he can take off a Pittsburgh player. So, that was what happened with the uh, the Bengals today. It was a lot of work, man. It was a lot of work. So, are you ready to uh, do the rounding thirds? Do you have anything on... Bearcats Jam. Yep. My bad. Yes, yeah, so Bearcats Jam. Um, some more news coming out. So, the voting is almost over. It ends on, I believe, the 29th of, um, of May. Um, we are in second place. Uh, 777 supporters. Second place in the Midwest Division, I should say. Um... We did sign uh, Curtis Bostick as a coach. Nice. Yes, absolutely. And also, um, what I read today, Trisha Mackey is going to coach. She confirmed. Really? Yeah. So that should be that should be fun. I like looking at her. Okay. <laughs> also signed um, Tim Timothy uh, Crowell. Played one season with the Bearcats. I don't recall that name at it all. It was like 2006, 2007. Any relation to Isaiah Crowell? I uh, didn't say in my research. Does it, does but it spell the name the same? Yeah, I think so. All right. So um, so we got that going on. Um, I think the team is pretty much almost finished and put Justin together. Justin Jackson signed yet? Justin has not signed yet. Um, hopefully he pulls that off. Who knows? I'd love to see it. Maybe I'll send him a tweet or a Snapchat See what he says, um, but yeah, Tim Crowell uh, signed this week. I don't think there was any other 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 players that signed. How many players are they up to now? One. They got a full team. Yeah, they have a full team. They finished their front court. I mean, they do they have ten, a ten, a ten. Uh, let's see: Kashmir, Deontay Vaughn, uh, Anthony McCain. That's three. Marvin Gentry four. Octavius Ellis five. Coriante DeBerry, 6. Tim Crowell, 7. Uh, Rashad Bishop, 8. And I still believe Eric Hicks. That would be 9. Is he a player coach? I, th- You know, I don't I don't know. 
They they keep showing him as a player. TBD. Yeah, to to be determined. I'll send him a tweet later. See what he says. All right. He's friends. So. So before we get to rounding third, uh, as that's going to be our next thing, did want to let you know we have no punctuations to pardon. It was because we were perfect last week. I sincerely doubt that. But if you hear something, let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Pardon the Punctuation, on Twitter, at PTP Podcast Cincy, on Instagram, Pardon underscore the underscore punctuation. You can call us anytime you want with your questions, comments, feedback, hot takes, 513-818-2077, or you can find us at www.pardonthepunctuation.com. Pardon the punctuation dot com. So, Ed. Yes, sir. As we start rounding third in our flurry of questions. Did you see what Zach Kozar was in the news for this week? No. Did so, he get another donkey? No. Oh, fine. He's actually been made to look like a donkey. Oh, no. What happened? So, the Tampa Bay Rays this week... Instead of having a starting pitcher for two separate games, they had a relief pitcher come in and make his debut two straight games back-to-back as the starting pitcher and go at least one full inning. And basically, they wanted him to get through one, two, three, one, two, three, two different days in a row before bringing in their regular pitcher to go the long haul because it's the American League, and they don't have to worry about subbing in and out yeah, for true. that ninth spot. So, Zach Cozart says it's bad for baseball. He said that it was like spring training. How do you feel about any of that? It's unorthodox. It is, very much so. But sometimes you have to do one unorthodox things. You can't pull that off in the National League. The no, you can't. Way. And he comes from the National League. Correct. So, he's probably just not used to that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever done it. No. Huh. So, very interesting. I think he just, you know, misspoke. Well, he was mad because he struck out the first game and then walked in the I second I mean, I'd be game. mad, too. <laughs> I'd be mad, too, but, you know, the baseball has to try different things, and if that's what they can do to get a pitcher to go longer, then... Baseball's got to try different things to give viewers, period. Well, that's a true statement right there. So, that's a very true statement. Got to adjust. Yes, sir. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Ed. When you go to the ballpark, uh-huh. what's your favorite food? Mmm. And also, why are all my questions about food? Well. Gotcha. So, I think the last couple times I've been there, I've gone and gotten pulled pork in the back right field corner. I've never done that. Yeah. From uh, the barbecue shack. Only because... For you, I feel like you get a pretty big bang for your buck because okay. you get two sides and you get the sandwich, um, all for like twelve bucks or something like that. Which, in relation to everything else that you get at the ball at the ballpark, I'm not trying to pay like what five six dollars for a cheese coney. So that was a topic on uh, Lance's show yesterday. Um, like that's I outrageous. I don't remember what team it is, but they're getting ready to lower their prices for everything. For um, yeah, to try to get more fans. Oh, sorry. Baltimore. Baltimore Ravens are lowering their concession prices. The Ravens or the Orioles? No, the Ravens. Um, they started talking about Great American Ballpark right after it. That's why I got confused. Well, JBP could use some... I mean, yeah. even if you'd only do it like one day a week. But it's their it's their um, method to try to get pl- 
people to come back to the games. Well, I was going to say, like, if you did one day a week where you did, like, $2 beer night, you don't even have to go dollar, not oh, crazy man. like U.S. Bank. But if you did, like, one brand, $2 beer night, and did it on not even a Friday or Saturday because people are going to come to those games anyway, but do it on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday even. And like, people sit in the bleachers and start stacking their beer can along the whatever. wall. Whatever. Who cares if it gets people run. to the game? Gets people excited about this product. Like That's clearly, true. the Reds are out there. They're hustling. They're trying to do something. I don't know. I don't think it could hurt anything. But no, no, it wouldn't hurt anything at all. I don't know. Um, so somehow we made it through a week where betting was kind of legalized. Yeah, kind of, kind of. It's not quite there yet, but it's moving in the direction of. I think I know what your question's going to be. I didn't know how we didn't broach this topic. But how do you feel about betting on baseball, A, and B, what are your thoughts about all of this having to do with Pete Rose? So, A, go ahead and do it. Like, I, why can't we bet on sports? Like, why is it, why is it illegal? We I base, have. We, I went to Vegas, and right. it was awesome. But we basically do it when we're doing fantasy sports. Correct. So... You know, well, especially if you're doing FanDuel and yeah. DraftKings and those kind of things. And I understand they're going to say there's people who will, you know, get an addiction to it. And it's like anything. It's though. anything, right? Two dollar beers. There's going to be addiction to beer. I mean, one dollar hot dogs. I'm eating seven hot dogs at a Reds game. And that could be an addiction. So, <laughs> although I don't think anybody has a hot dog addiction, but so a yeah, why not? I mean, it's just another form of entertainment for people. It is. Um, but B, um, Pete Rose, yeah. it's not going to do anything to get him in the hall. He has... Uh-oh. Wasn't expecting this. We'll get back to Pete Rose. I hope I can answer the call. Caller, you're here. Thank you for calling part of the punctuation. Caller? Thank you for calling part of the punctuation. Caller? No, not there. Well, all right. It's not muted. We're nothing wrong on our side. All right. Well, caller, try to call back. But so back to Pete Rose. Back to Pete Rose. So it, there's nothing that's going to happen to get him in the hall. I'm I'm giving up on it. Yeah. I mean, there's. I feel like it creates a double precedent. I don't know how you can welcome betting into your sport with open arms. While telling somebody, get away because you were a better. I know that obviously some things have come out on Pete Rose where right. it's tainted the image even worse. And that's the part. Um, it's going to be all those years of lying about base, mm-hmm. betting on baseball. It's going to be the stories that are coming out after that. He continues to bet on baseball. Um, I know- Yet he's good enough for them to put on a baseball pregame show. Yeah, well, you got a point there. You, you I got mean, a good point. Even A Rod was forgiven. And how many times that dude get caught juicing? And <laughs> there's no asterisk next to his numbers. Although there's, I don't be. know how that's not cheating. That's betting on yourself right. with a needle. I mean, but a lot of people start saying that when this came out, like, "Oh, could Pete get back in?" But it's just, it's not going to happen. I don't. I'm sorry, Dad. It's not going to happen. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it. It's just, but so what you got? I got you here. Um, is it time for the Reds to move away from bobbleheads? 
it's time for the Reds to move away from Homer Bailey, but they're still dragging their feet on that. But I think we have a better chance of getting rid of bobbleheads. Why do you want to get rid of bobbleheads? There's a bobblehead for everything. Just as we were prepping tonight, did you see there was a bobblehead for a parrot? Um, it was Parrot Head Night, which is Jimmy Buffett, which isn't a terrible sales ploy. There was also one for Iron Man. Well, get hip. They're good movies. I, I'm, okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I don't think you need that many bobbleheads, but they're trying to do anything they can do to get fans People to come to the, in the ballpark. Right um, Go back to the rings. I do like the, the idea, replicas. though, of the giveaways. So I saw that um, the Florida Marlins were doing this at, at their games. When people came for a giveaway, they got a voucher at the front door. The first 20,000 people, whatever, got vouchers. And you had to stick around until the seventh inning where you actually got your <laughs> gift. So it keeps people there. that They have to get there early. They have to get their voucher. Have to hang out there, which means they're getting things. Right. Whether it be merchandise, whether it be food, whether it be drinks, whatever the case is, they have to stick around, which I think is brilliant. There's nothing to say that you can't do that. There, that would ruin the income of so many people that I know in the Reds uh, collectible scene. Just these guys are going in and just buying up tickets, yeah. or they're or they're buying a bunch of tickets. Go and, to the game, right? They're buying a bunch of get tickets, giving them free to people to go to the game as long as they go in, get the bobblehead, come back out. Nope. Give it back to him. This fixes all that. I think it's a brilliant marketing plan. I'm, and I think it I fixes all your it. robots. All the people just hopping on and making all the purchases of all yeah. the tickets and everything. And then they're going back and selling them. Ugh, I hate all that stuff. Yeah. So. Um, so are you embarrassed that Parker beat you to an FCC game? No, I was year? asked to go. Yeah, but you didn't. Well, I had a cater. Well, you didn't. And your son, who is, what, three? Four. Four. Beat you to a game this he, year. He you have a Cincinnati podcast, and your four-year-old son beat you to a game. I was going to go, but I couldn't just leave a catering. Like, I'm embarrassed he beat me to a game. I'm you embarrassed. Have to I'm going to go. <laughs> he, when he came home, he said he wanted to talk about it on the podcast. Well, shout out, Parker. You did one better than your dad. Way to go, buddy. Um, see, I'm next. Yep. Where is your favorite place to hang out on a Sunday afternoon in Cincinnati? Like a park, a museum? Um, Not your, just your couch. Uh, have you ever been? Yeah, you've been. Uh, we had our, um, rece- uh, not reception, our uh, rehearsal dinner at Century Inn. Oh, yeah. Uh, just a real quiet place, not far from home. Where we get to sit out on the back patio. It is a nice place. Have dinner, drink beer, whatever. They got pretty good food, too. We went there on a date um, as soon as I got back home from uh, North Lake. Nice. Monday. Nice. Love you, Bo. Aww. So, with as many big names in holdouts, I can name a few if you don't know them. Uh, Tom Brady, Gronk. Aaron Donald, Julio Jones, Le'Veon Bell, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye. None of these guys are showing up to training camps. OTAs. Not training camp yet. Um, But do you expect this to be a trend? Like, is this going to continue to be a thing where everybody just wants to get paid more? I just knocked out my contact. But yes, I do do see this being an... uh, As these guys become veterans... And as they get the upper hand, 
it's just and you know there's CBAs and stuff like that. It, mm-hmm. It's just going to keep happening. People are going to they're not going to stop. They're going to stop coming to OTAs. Going to stop coming to practices. I blame like it all on Le'Veon Bell last year. Yeah, I know it's true. I mean, he set a precedent where you don't even have to go to training camp. Didn't, he didn't go to any of training camp. He showed up week one. Didn't Marshawn Lynch do that too? Um, that dude did everything that you can and can't do. He was a crazy man. He was just there so he didn't get fined. But yeah, it's gonna it's become a norm. It's gonna become a norm, and we gotta get used to it. Yeah. Hey, so I had this thought while I was while we were prepping today. But have you ever thought about Red's life after Marty Bernouin? No. It's weird to think about. Yeah. Like I guess it's the cowboy at that point. I mean, it is. I don't think he's going anywhere. Our whole lifetime, it's been Marty, Marty and Joe, Marty and but, Joe for a long yeah. You know, and then when Joe left us and. It's been Marty, and I don't, I don't, I don't know how I would feel. I mean, we've been force-fed Tom because of the Marty and Tom, and I, he can't take that place. No, he, he's not the same. He's no. not the same voice. He's, he's not the Hall of Fame voice. I don't think Marty's a Hall of Famer. Or, I'm sorry, not Marty. Um, Tom. Tom's not a Hall of Famer. Marty is the Hall of Famer for sure. But so no, says in that baseball buff me. I just I don't know that there's a another voice that we currently have that replaces that. I mean, I think he's still signed for like another five years or so, but eventually the guy's going to want to retire. And who do we replace him with? I mean, Dan Horde. The he guy does can everything do anyway. I love right. Dan Horde. I mean, it's nothing he can't do. <laughs> Maybe as, as long as it's not Brad Johansson, who, if you remember, is one of the last Bengals broadcasts that yeah. he did. We did. The 30, Didn't the 35, the 40, the 45, the 50, the 55. And then he realized what he did. Yeah. <laughs> but didn't he leave? Brad Johansson? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I think they, he left the city. Maybe they pushed him out. No, I think he just left the city and went somewhere else. I don't know. You're up. So, what about LeBron James? Um, so, they came back. They did. They won two in, in, uh, in, in Cleveland. In Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, Playoffs still haven't started yet. That's true. I know. I mean, he until somebody wins a game in the other team's house, he's on another level. It's not over. He's averaging almost a triple double. Well, it's unreal. Not it, call him Oscar Robertson yet. I'm just saying it's for playoff basketball on the team that he has. Yeah, that's true. It's silly. That's true. I mean. He takes it. He has a different game. We said this a couple weeks ago. He has a different game than Michael. I mean, is he better than Michael? No, but he has a he he comes in at a different level. So, I mean, just just sit back and watch and enjoy, man. This is something we're gonna be able to tell our kids about. It's unprecedented. It is unprecedented. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is a good one from last night. What are you maxing out on dumbbells? Dumbbells? Yeah. Uh. No. No dumbbells? No. What? No. I haven't been in like two weeks. I need to get back there. I did wake up at 4.30 this morning, and I was like, eh, No. 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 Mm-mm. Nope. It's been about two weeks. Um, I have every intention to get back there this week for real. I got six reps on the 60 last night. Oh. Each arm. Well, I don't do dumbbells as part of any of my routines, although I've been told that with my shoulder issues going on, I need to move more to free weights and yep. less on press machines. 
It was a good thing I wasn't at a Planet Fitness because I would have got the lock alarm. Yeah, well, my shoulder is wrecked, so it happens. Um, I think that's all of our questions for rounding third, right? That's all of them. I think we're ready for uh, some kickball collarbone. So, I think you got some sound for our kickball collarbone moment. There it is. What? There we go. There it is. So this week. The Cleveland Cavaliers-Boston Celtics game in Cleveland. Chewie was sitting in the front row. I don't know how there's a better moment than that. But embarrassing side to that is Kendrick Perkins, the former Boston Celtic, now a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who looks like he's 48, (laughs) um, has the meanest face of any player I've ever seen. I'm terrified of him. But... He does not know who Chewbacca is. No idea. I heard that. Had no idea. How do you go through life not knowing who Chewbacca is? Um, you have a professional career playing a sport. But still, Working on the body. He had to go to high school. Yeah. We all did. There's 13,000 Star Wars movies. Uh, not back then. How old is he? Um, I can't imagine much older than us. That's what I'm saying. He... I mean, but so even he back then, been, there were only six. Right, but if he's as old Maybe. as we are, then he was around for the reboot of the first three. I don't know. He is 33. He was around for the so reboot. He's our age, yeah. So he should know about Star Wars. He should. He should. But, yep, that threw him all off. Had no idea. Didn't well, even, that guy. Can you imagine, though, being at a game where Chewbacca is sitting right there? And you don't even process the fact that there's a giant ape-like creature sitting at the... Nope. And then he got his ex- escorted out. Chewie? Yeah. By? Security. Oh. That was a that was a play by Disney. I mean, was you know it Stormtroopers that escorted him out? <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Because that's how you do it. <laughs> that's exactly how you do it. A bunch of Stormtroopers in Cleveland show up and start yeah. escorting the guy out. I mean, that's how I would have done it. <laughs> they, they missed an opportunity there. Do you watch Big Bang Theory? No. Okay. Well, then I'm not going to tell this story. Cool. So, outside of that, I think we only have one more thing to do. It's time to drink some beer in the fridge. What's in Ed's fridge? So, we got you another sour this week. Oh, goody. That's that's two in a row. Um, At least this time I know not to take a big gulp. Braxton Summer Trip. Lift one to life. Dude, that one is oh, delicious. let loose and lift one to life. How about that? Passion Fruit Burliner Vessi Style Ale with natural flavors added. Mm. Just natural flavors. This is made by Braxton right here in Northern Kentucky. 4.2% alcohol, 4 IBU. That's not high. That's not bad at all. And I'm going to try the, let's see, Braxton Labs Dry Hopped Kettle Sour Ale with a Citra and Mosaic Hops. We got 4.8 alcohol by volume. Um. Yeah. Braxton usually puts out some good stuff, so this should be pretty good. This is a good one. I do like the passion fruit. How about how about that beer? Excellent aftertaste. That's a great beer. Mm -hmm. Not as tart as last weekend. This is delicious. You didn't look like you got punched in the face, so that's a good thing. This is delicious. That's all we got for you this week. Oh my goodness. 
As always, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ed. We thank you for joining us this week, and we look forward to seeing you next week. We'll see you then.